Hello, hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. This week's episode is La La Land, and because we're doing La La Land, it's a musical edition. I am your co-host, I am the Sam Hurley, and I'm joined by my lovely Alistar Stacy. How are you, Stacy? <laughs> I'm really great, thanks, Sam, and there's no way in hell I'm going to be singing. <laughs> well, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're also joined by a returning nerd. Uh, Emma, how are you, Emma? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me again. Oh, you're more than welcome to come back. As I mentioned in the song, guys, we're doing La La Land. Oh, no, hang on. Wait. Sorry, Ron. Oh, no, Moonlight. Sorry, Moonlight, you guys actually won the Oscar. We're actually going to do Moonlight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, yeah, well, sorry, dear listeners, we actually are going to do La La Land. They are, that's the one that we picked. So IMDb have rated this as 8.2, Rotten Tomatoes at 93%. What would you guys rate it, Stacey? I'm going to go with 5,263. Eesh, that's one of the lower scores. That's almost Suicide Squad level. What about you, Emma? What would you rate this movie? Okay, so I rated La La Land 2 minutes and 29 seconds. <laughs> um, that's how long it was Best Picture for. Oh, that's an awesome answer. I'm going to rate it 4,444. Why the symmetrical number? Oh, just a whole lot of fours, as in, like, why did I watch this four? (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I gave this movie. That's really bad English. (laughs) It's really bad English. I speak good England. Shall we get into the plot, Sam? Yeah, let's get into the plot. Hit us with it, Stacey. Okay, Sebastian and Mia are drawn together by their common desire to do what they love. But as success mounts, they are faced with decisions that begin to fray the fragile fabric of their love affair. (laughs) That line's about as corny as the movie. And the dreams they worked so hard to maintain in each other threaten to rip them apart. Did Hollywood also come up with this plot line? (laughs) I, I think it did. I think it birthed the most pretentious person in the world to write this and the movie. For those of you who haven't listened to our podcast before, we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. Start with an all play, finish with an all play. This week we're going to go back to one of our old favourite questions, the compliment sandwich, where you list something that you like, something you didn't like, and something you liked. For listeners, I petitioned for this to be something you didn't like, something you didn't like, and something else you didn't like, but I got told that we had to have like, dislike, like. So Emma, why don't you start us with that? Okay, so basically the reason I saw this film and maybe a lot of other people saw it was for its leading man, Ryan Gosling. So my compliment sandwich to this film is Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Short and sweet, just like me. I like it. Nice and consistent. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to double up on one of your answers. Something I loved about it was Ryan Gosling. He's always lovely to look at. I thought you were going to say Emma Stone. No. (laughs) No, I didn't. Anyway. The thing I didn't like was everything in the middle of the movie. So after the first opening musical scene and before the last surreal musical dance scene, everything in there was a bit sucky and cheesy for my liking. But then the thing that I really loved was the final surreal kind of alternate ending scene where they played out what would have happened if they had ended up together. It's true. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So what I liked in this movie was J.K. Simmons, who had about all of 
I don't know, maybe a minute screen time, but that was enough. He's an awesome actor. I love him. Uh, what I didn't like, well, I don't know really where to start. I think where moral compass of Emma Stone's character was, was probably my biggest dislike. And what I did like about it is I think it showed the reality of Hollywood in that there's a million other people out there and they're all going for the same dream and goal and we all have these lofty aspirations about where we want to be and what we want to do with our lives. But, you know, the reality is quite different from that. So anyway, Stacey, you're going to start us off with your first set of three questions. Okay. So, as I mentioned earlier, the opening scene where they have that amazing group dance on the freeway. What's a weird scene that you guys have seen on a rush hour freeway? Okay, so I've got one that I haven't actually seen myself, but I did hear this story once. It was about a police officer that angered a bomb squad member, and he foiled his attempt by taking hostages. In revenge, this guy armed a bus with a bomb that like would explode <laughs> if they dropped below 50 miles per hour. I um, think I've seen this story. With- <laughs> Is this the plot for speed? (laughs) What? No. (laughs) Did the bad guy look like Dennis Hopper? (laughs) Okay, you caught me out. But um, (laughs) can I just chuck a quick fact in, guys? The reason that I picked speed for that little question is because that was filmed on the same freeway as the opening scene of La La Land. Oh, that's cool. That's a good little bit of trivia. Good nerdy fact. (laughs) Yep, told you guys that she was a nerd. So the weirdest thing I've ever seen was this guy who was completely busting to start peeing into a Powerade bottle. He peed into the Powerade bottle and then he poured it out the window. Wait, wasn't that you? Yeah, it was, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I watched myself do it. (laughs) Too much information. Yeah, anywho. Okay, next days. So Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are famed for their on-screen chemistry. Do you agree with that chemistry exists? And can you compare their on-screen chemistry with that of two food ingredients? For this movie, I'm going to say that Ryan Gosling was an halloumi cheese. <laughs> mm. well, it's squeaky. <laughs> yeah, it's squeaky. It's, it's quite nice and it's quite powerful, but it's still very cheesy. And as for Emma Stone, I'm going to go with a raspberry because it's sweet and it looks ripe. (laughs) It's just a little bit tart. What about you, Ems? Okay, so I am one that's never really got this Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone chemistry. They go so well together. Let's just keep putting them in films together. For me, I don't get it. So I don't think they have chemistry. How would I compare them in this film? I guess chicken on a stick. (laughs) Ryan Gosling is the chicken, like yummy and nice. And Emma Stone is the skewer. (laughs) Shot through the heart. Poor fella. Right. Dating her and then getting that anyway. (laughs) Yeah, splinters. Spoiler alert for the rest of the podcast, but I was not a fan of Emma Stone. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so this movie won a lot of awards during award season in Hollywood, but let's think outside the box. Name an award. 39 as well, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Name an award, made up award, that you would give this movie. Okay, and the winner of the almost award is. La La Land. <laughs> the reason I give it the almost award is because it was almost my favourite Ryan Gosling film of last year. That went to The Nice Guys. It was almost my favourite musical of last year. That went to Sing Street. And yeah, as we've just said, it almost won Best Picture, <laughs> but not quite. So well done, La La Land. Almost. Yeah. And it was almost a good movie. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> So similar to like that vein about how, I mean, a lot of Hollywood gave it a lot of awards and I'm going to give it the Hollywood Press Masturbatory Award (laughs) 
because for they self love for self love. I mean, that yes. it was a movie about Hollywood. Hollywood loved it. What a shock and surprise! That's just par for the course, really. So here's an interesting fact for you guys: the script was written maybe about seven years ago. Uh, Damien wrote the original screenplay, and it was set in Boston. So. That, to me, is so interesting that originally he pictured these two two stars meeting in a whole different city, whereas this became, this film became more about the city that it was in. Yeah. That would have been a whole different movie. Yeah, totally different. Ben Affleck? (laughs) We don't mention his name on this podcast anymore. (laughs) Orphy? No. You're all right, Baffles. Anyway, that takes me on to my first set of three questions. Listen, guys, I'm not a fan of dance scenes. When they get thrown into movies, I immediately think, ugh. Oh, what the f- but you know like some of them pull off some of them don't but at the start of this movie as these guys have mentioned there was a dance scene on the freeway now what popular movie do you guys think would have instantly been crap if they'd had a musical dance scene right at the start of it okay so a couple of years ago there was this great great little science fiction film that came out called gravity so <laughs> 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 Basically, this is a character-driven film, and just, yeah, when I saw this question, I thought, this is a really, really good film. What could, <laughs> what could have made it worse? Really and right and right from the start, like, everything all happens. Maybe, if, yeah, right at the beginning, they did a little dancing in space. That would have, <laughs> that would have been changed hilarious. our opinions. Yeah, George Clooney sometimes does those off-the-wall roles, doesn't he? So I yeah. can just see him dance, prancing around in, in <laughs> zero gravity in his astronaut suit, yeah. twirling Sandra Bullock around. Yeah, yeah. Space of stars <laughs> shining just for you. Okay, so another really fabulous movie from last year that also won a lot of awards, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> What the fuck? This is a really kind of <laughs> gripping, dramatic, and very raw and emotional film. Imagine if it had started with the dance scene, it would be ruined. You couldn't take anything about it seriously. I, I, can't, I can't imagine Casey Affleck dancing in any movie, let <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. That would have been hilarious. Good answers there, guys. I like those. Now, next question. If you guys moved out to LA, as Emma Stone does, pursuing her dream job in the entertainment industry... What part of the entertainment industry would you try and make it in? Like actress, singer, whatever. Well, I'm going to go quite realistic with this answer. (laughs) My current day job is as a project manager. So I think that I'd be a really great producer. I I could just manage that whole thing and make the movies happen. What I love about producers is they literally just put up money for movies and that's it. Do they? Yeah, the directors are the one that basically spearhead the project the producers are the ones that show up and go here's some money make who who is the one who um like organizes everything you know locations and this timelines and the schedule and the who needs to turn up when and all of that kind of thing yeah probably someone's assistant yeah probably so yeah yeah probably well that was gonna be my first answer and you told me it was shit (laughs) hey don't don't ruin the mystique of the podcast here stacy Okay, we went over a couple of questions last night, guys, and I said, what would you do if you moved out to Hollywood? And she said, oh, I'd probably become a personal assistant. Give me a break. I'm a noob. I don't know who does what in movies. I just watch them. (laughs) Do you know know what the best boy grip does? No. No, neither. I don't think anyone does. (laughs) What about you, Ems? Okay, so it'd be pretty cool to be Ryan Gosling's personal assistant, but, you know... Slash love slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually really love fashion and film. It's something really cool to watch and it would be a really cool thing to be part of. In film and television, 
some people might know, but there's these things called modesty socks that <laughs> actors um, use in certain scenes. So we, we discussed this recently on the Zombie Holocaust podcast about Harley wearing a cock sock for a scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> modesty pouch. Yeah. These, these are actual things. This is actually someone's job. So, um, someone's do you like to make knitting. them or fit them? <laughs> well. You want, you want to fit one on Ryan Gosling, is that basically what you're saying? We're going to have to have a before and after, Ryan, just in case. Anywho. Uh, okay, so again, I'm going to harp on about how much I didn't like Emma Stone's character, but I'm just going to ask you guys, did you guys think she was a horrible person? Nah, she did come across as a bit of a bitch, but I think she was just driven. She had her goals and she just didn't realise how she was coming across, you know, to people and how much that was hurting others. Right, right. Um, I actually thought she was a horrible person, but in hindsight, she's probably an accurate representation of of a young actress in Hollywood. She's very self-centered. I <laughs> felt the character was quite narcissistic, so I didn't like her at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah, thanks for agreeing with me there. Okay, so Emma, your first set of three questions. Okay. So Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone played Seb and Mia, but originally uh, Miles Teller and Emma Watson were attached to the roles. If it were up to you two, who would you have cast as the leads? Oh yeah, easy quick answer here for me, Brie Larson, as anyone who's listened to the Conquer Skull Island podcast, I'm incredibly in love with her and her acting abilities. And I reckon this movie already had a good lead actor in it, someone that can sing and is a very talented musician, uh, John Legend. Good answer. Musically brilliant. Okay, so this is easy for me. Keep Ryan Gosling. He's awesome. But switch out Emma Stone and replace her with an awesome actress who I've never seen sing, but I'm sure she could. Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily Blunt. I like your choices, guys. And it probably doesn't matter these days if they can really sing or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Okay, so the film's tagline is, here's to fools who dream. Can you do better? Oh, yeah, easily. La La Land, you don't have to be pretentious, but it helps. That's good. I like that one. I'm going to go one step further here, Emma. I'm going to rename the movie as well. What, what, what? (laughs) Yep. This is Wawa Land. What's love got to do with it? (laughs) Brilliant. It's a secondhand emotion. Oh, you're taking the cheesy jokes off me now. (laughs) Okay, so we all know La La Land is a modern musical. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Pitch this plot to me in another genre. Okay, basically at the end of the movie, we're treated to a shot where we could have seen what would have happened if everything had gone right between them. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) But anyway, I reckon it would have been funny if she'd walked out and said to her husband, look, I need to go back and talk to him. Things aren't really settled or whatever. And he, he was, you know, closing up the bar and he said he comes out. And then she comes up to him and says, oh, you know, like there's, I've got a lot of thoughts and feelings I need to tell you. And then he just turns around and says... I was an alien sent down here to observe humanity and see if you guys are worth saving. But you're not. You're just horrible people. Goodbye. And then he turns around and walks into a spaceship and flies away. Sci-fi. <laughs> La La Land. All the stars. Yeah, all the stars. <laughs> Somehow I don't think the plot would have run right through in that genre because he would have surely given up a lot earlier. No, nah, aliens, you know. Well, give, they really want to give humans a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We never understand aliens. 
Okay, I'm going to take a slight tack on the genre and I'm going to go with a pure rom-com. And so throughout the movie, you can have all those really cringy, cheesy scenes, but just turn them into comic cheesy scenes. And then you want to finish the movie up with a grand romantic gesture, a la John Cusack holding the stereo up to the window and say anything. Oh yeah, what, Except what would you have? this time it would be the female, so Mia would turn up up at Seb's, which was the um, jazz bar, with a chicken on a stick. Oh, God. <laughs> and so for those of you who are listening at home and are kind of confused by this whole chicken on a stick situation, at one point they're talking about naming the bar and he wants to call it chicken on a stick. And she's like, that's a stupid name, name it Seb's. Yeah, so she concedes that maybe she was wrong and she just wants to point out that maybe chicken on a stick is the right thing and maybe the right thing is for them to be together. And it's a great idea. Oh, that's cool. That makes sense. Okay, so the movie opens with three really upbeat entire cast dance scenes. Yeah, um, don't remind me. One on the freeway, one in the girls at the girls' um, apartment, and one at the Hollywood party around the pool. Yep. Then it dimmed right down into only emotional dance scenes between the two leads. Was there enough of the right kind of singing and dancing in this movie? Um, so basically I felt that it was a little bit confusing. It's like it started off as this bright, jazzy musical and then yeah, it just went down to, um, as you said, Stacey, just kind of two main characters with some more subtle singing and dancing. So for me, I would have rather to have seen it paired back like into something like Once where it is just the characters the whole way through. But I did like the kind of surreal ending. So maybe if we bought that up front as well and started in this kind of surreal dreamlike, so we could still have this musical number but maybe sit on a stage and yeah, and then like kind of move into our day to day and then end it that same way again mm. just for that mm. nice flow. Yeah, even it out a wee bit. Look, as I said before, I'm not a big fan of dance scenes. Not at all. And I'm not a fan of dancing in general. Stacey always gives me shit about how... Sam's a great dancer. He there loves we go. dancing. I was waiting for it. Yeah, but the only time I love dancing is when I'm about 20 beers deep and drunk as... <laughs> If I was drunk, I might have enjoyed this movie a bit more. I might have enjoyed their dancing, but because I wasn't drunk, sorry guys, didn't like your dancing. <laughs> Turns out you're just not into dance. Okay. At least um, it's Naked Woman. So another director who's done some wonderful, bright and brilliant musicals is Baz Luhrmann. Do you think this movie would have been better if it was directed by Baz? Um, his films are, are great. I am a fan. His films are always very excessive. So I feel like Luhrmann's La La Land would delve into that dark underbelly of Hollywood and it would really have that seedy side and then washed over with the glitz and glamour. He's got a really good way of getting to the heart of the characters as well and it would have been completely different, yeah, if he had directed it. So you're not going to commit to better or worse? <laughs> not going to commit. To be honest, I wasn't that much a fan of the movie and it's only got really one direction it could go, which would be up. So... Who knows? Probably. <laughs> Why not? Righto. So this is a nod towards Mia's day job while she's trying to make it as an actor. She works as a barista in a coffee house. What kind of coffee beverage is this movie? Okay, so I liken La La Land to a piping hot cup of decaf because the movie comes in hot with that musical dance scene. And then you're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm getting this, you know, getting all those coffee flavours, except it didn't leave you buzzing afterwards. Like so many other musicals, you just come out so energized and just feel so good and yeah kind of that decaf feeling of didn't really give me much i like that answer i feel the same about decaf <laughs> 
And I love it. <laughs> okay, so what kind of coffee is this movie? It's a large, trim, soy latte, double, half calf, half decaf, three quarters full. It's got cream whip, it's got cinnamon sprinkles, and it's got locally sourced brown sugar. That's right, it's the most pretentious motherfucking coffee you can ever imagine. <laughs> even make like a double um half calf <laughs> maybe that's the don't point. look at me i'm not a pretentious wanker so i wouldn't be able to tell you are you sure yeah i am <laughs> okay so on to my next set of three questions in this ryan gosling and emma stone uh, meet at a party and then they get chatting and start walking down the road together and then we're treated to what is clearly an homage to uh, Singing in the Rain where they have a little dance off together but then we discover that Ryan Gosling actually parked his car just outside of the party and he's just walked well I don't know, kilometre in the wrong direction with her. Have you guys ever done this? Have you guys ever wandered around after someone, pacing them around, just gone out of your way to have a good stalk? Okay, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, Once I went on this lovely blind date and actually fell head over heels in love with this guy, Steve. Um, He's a news cameraman. It was like one of those things I was convinced that we were soulmates and at the encouragement of one of my reporter friends, I followed Steve around the country in a bid to to win his love. Holy shit, this is the plot to all about Steve, isn't it? What? One of the hands down worst movies I've ever watched. What do you mean? Oh, I didn't realise we were doing a podcast with Sandra Bullock. Welcome, Sandy. (laughs) Speed and all about Steve. That's right, listeners, we had Sandy Bullock here all along. And Gravity. And now you've got to play this speed, a podcast at 50 miles per hour or it's going to explode your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and gravity. Shit, I forgot. Yeah, all the bullocks. So next question. While you're starring in The Blind Side, did you... <laughs> what about you, Stacey Ace? Yeah, as it happens, there was this one time I was at a party and I followed this guy around for like 45 minutes and wasn't intending to go anywhere, but we ended up going down to the local pub. Okay, either this is me or you've done this a lot of times. <laughs> I have not done this a lot of times. <laughs> that smile betrays you, young ginger princess. <laughs> okay, guys. So one way that we might be able to improve this movie is to swap out one of the characters for a dog. Ruff, 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 ruff. Which character would you guys swap out for a dog? And which dog? So what about you, Stace? Who, what would be the dog and breed? Okay, so early in the movie we see a scene where Seb and his sister are having a random conversation in his apartment. She's bought him a throw rug, puts it on the floor, and he doesn't like it. And she says, maybe you'd like it better if Miles Davis had pissed on it. So (laughs) I'm going to replace his sister with a dog called Miles Davis. Oh, that's that's pretty good. It's funny because he does tell her to get off some seat or something as well, eh? So you can imagine him yeah, shooting yeah, a dog right. off the seat. Yeah, that's right. He's like, get yeah. off that seat and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cute. What about you, Emma? Okay, just hear me out, guys. This might be a little out there, but I would replace Emma Stone's character with a dog. <laughs> what the so, fuck? picture this. You know, Ryan Gosling, he's just hanging out, doing his jazz thing, and then all of a sudden, this, like, sweet little dog wanders into his <laughs> jazz club, and then he's like, there's like my this new companion. I yeah, I think a lot of people would like this film more than the actual one. <laughs> That would have been quite cute if the dog was like a little Jack Russell Terrier. And then when it says, I'm off to Paris to film a movie, that movie then turned out to be The Artist, which was another sort of pretentious Hollywood throwback movie from eight yes, years ago. brilliant. The same dog, 
That would have been hilarious. Cool, anyway, great answers there, guys. So number 16. Oh, I mentioned before how the Hollywood stars and press just went batshit crazy over this movie, to the nth degree. Do you reckon that was because it reminded them a lot of their lives and their struggles to become famous? Yes. Yes, I agree too. <laughs> Definitely. I've got to take this time now, dear listeners, because I put this in this purposely just to have this little rant. See, something that annoyed me was when the most recent Star Wars Force Awakens movie came out. A lot of people were, or a lot of Hollywood press and reviews and stuff said, look, it's just exactly the same as the old Star Wars movies. There's nothing new in this and it's just nostalgia and that it's just playing off like nerds' desire to have those movies made again. That's what this was. The that for me was what this movie was it was just a complete throwback to singing in the rain a lot of hitchcock movies a lot of you know the sets the plots everything you you guys can shut me up now if you want (laughs) anyway before i start getting nerd raged all the way down the end of this microphone to no one that cares uh emma what's the next question okay los angeles is the city of stars but what if the film's location was a little closer to home q tauranga the city of tumbleweeds Oh, what is that say? Look, don't get me wrong, I love living here and it's a great fast-growing city. It's a cool place to be, but it's not really that busy. There, there are times when you can go down the Strand, which is the main kind of strip of restaurants and dining and bars, and you could be the only one around for quite a few hundred metres. That is true. We were having a conversation on the way here that was rudely interrupted by a paper bag blowing in the wind. (laughs) Okay, so my one for this is City of Retirees Stop writing angry letters to the newspaper City of Retirees And why don't you use your bloody indicators? (laughs) That's so true. That's brilliant. (laughs) Come to Tauranga. You don't need to use your indicators here. Just drive wherever the hell you want. (laughs) Okay, so Ryan Gosling won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy for his portrayal of Sebastian. But he has been nominated for his performances in The Ides of March, Crazy Stupid Love, Blue Valentine and Lars and the Real Girl. What's your favourite Gosling role, nominated or otherwise? I have to go with the classic Ryan Gosling role, which was Noah in The Notebook. Oh, God damn it! you've stolen my answer. Oh. Have you even seen The Notebook? No. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think so. It's seminal, Ryan Gosling. Oh, there's no way now they're going to catch me watching that. <laughs> no one could have replaced him in that role. Actually, that's a lie. Dear listeners, if you want to hear me, Machu and Owen, the three guys that reviewed Bridesmaids, or Kahu, or any of our regulars on this, review the notebook right in if we get at least 10 people in the next whatever after this podcast comes out demand that we review the notebook us three will sit down and watch it together and then review it straight after that's a promise right in listeners that would be hilarious (laughs) yeah do it oh man i just i don't think i could stomach it the idea of it makes me want to blow my brains out before we even started well if you won't watch that what have you watched of gosling's films that you do like well here's the thing i do i do quite enjoy quite a few ryan gosling films so my favorite would be be because i really love the nice guys i know stacy didn't enjoy it that much but i thought it was amazing it was brilliant but i've got to top that with the driver out of drive because he carried an entire movie with just emoting for his face there wasn't all that much dialogue but when it was it was well delivered and you know you really got a feeling for that character even though he didn't you know, didn't have that much to relate to him with so that's what i'm going to go for driver because i think he was unnamed in that movie that's right and i would know <laughs> yeah. i'm quite a fan but i love that film too ryan gosling if you're listening uh, emma is your biggest fan 
<laughs> sure am. Send her a signed photo of uh, you and she'll... God knows. <laughs> Probably explode in happiness. Okay. So in La La Land, apparently Sebastian never introduced himself to Mia. And she never calls him by his name throughout the whole film. Have either of you two ever been in an awkward situation where someone knows you, but you can't remember their name? Yeah, see, when I lived over in London, I'd go out and I'd get really drunk and meet people and be the life of the party. So... One funny situation that happened to me once was I saw a mate at the pub and he was hanging out with a couple of persons and there was like this girl standing beside him and stuff, but I went up and had, started having yarns with him. I said to him, I was like, bro, just funniest story, like about 20 minutes ago this girl came up to me and she was like, oh hey, how you doing, blah blah blah, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, and then she goes, you don't remember who I am, do you? And I was like, no, sorry, and she's like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, because you're Sam and all this other stuff and she knew all the stuff about me. Anyway, as I told him the story, he was like, oh man, that's really awkward, and but then the girl beside him looked looked at me and goes oh and I bet you don't remember me either do you and I sort of looked at her and I was like oh have I met you before oh man this is embarrassing this has happened to me twice in one night and she goes not only that but twice in one girl oh no <laughs> it was the same girl from 20 minutes earlier that is shocking Sam did she put sunglasses on oh yes dear listeners I suffer from sunglass blindness if someone's wearing sunglasses I can't recognize them including myself <laughs> You know how Superman <laughs> looks exactly like Superman when he's Clark Kent? Not to me. It's believable to me. Well, it's not a situation where I've forgotten someone's name, but I, there is someone quite close to me who I believe has forgotten oh, my God. name and now refers to not. me as Ginger Princess. Dear listeners, if you want to have a guess as to who that was, then write in. Just make it care of Sam and... <laughs> Care of Salmon's Ginger Princess. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that brings us down to the final question of our podcast. Good little all play here. So, again, spoiler alert, what, whatever, we're well past that. At the end of this movie, they don't end up together. Bit different from your usual romance. But, oh, that parting look between the two of them, the smile, the grin. Do you reckon these two are going to be knocking boots, having an affair in five years? I don't think it'll be five years. It'll be five minutes after they leave the club. She's going to be walking back to the car with that kind of boring as shit husband, basically. <laughs> the guy has about 30 seconds of screen time. Yeah, and she's... Not enough to impress Stacey. <laughs> Which is amazing because 30 seconds is normally enough to impress Stacey. <laughs> um, Winner. She's going to be walking back to the car with her husband and pause to reflect on that alternate outcome that she's just imagined and go actually no i need to go back with my chicken on a stick and get this guy <laughs> okay well <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay so i really hope that they wouldn't have an affair my view on this whole situation is that she never really loved him she was never that into him as soon as it got too much she said this is all over like i'm leaving and then once she got the role she didn't look back she you know got married and had a kid i feel like his character's still pines after her we see it seems like he's a bachelor he's cooking dinner for himself alone and he kind of falters when he sees her in the crowd when he's doing his introduction so I feel like for him the feelings were still there but for her it was like maybe a little flicker of that was something that happened a long time ago but there's no looking back uh, oh Ryan oh Ryan okay Emma not only do I think he still pines for her I think he placed beyond the pines for her <laughs> that's good what else have I got would he drive well, he, to he, see her he'd, he would drive to see her he, he's just a nice guy he's trying to get by <laughs> would he write in his notebook about her 
Yeah, he'd write in his notebook. Do Herculean feats to try and win her. Oh. <laughs> oh, throwing it back to his TV show that he used to film in New Zealand. But yeah, he's he's no half Nelson. He wouldn't big short her. He'd go for the whole whole distance. <laughs> if he went back to her, only God would forgive. Only God would forgive. Totally. That's a good one, Emma. Because it's just crazy, stupid love. <laughs> you know, the Ides of March would sweep in and he'd be on top of her. <laughs> and he's a nice guy. <laughs> he said that. Yeah. Oh. Hello, I'm just joining the podcast. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, look, I'm saying like he'd he'd stay. He would totally, you know, remember the Titans, and he'd go straight back to her. Um, you'd be a believer. You'd be a believer. He'd he'd give her a blue Valentine and take her to, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is that he's not going to quit her. He's going to keep going back and going back. And I reckon they're going to have on again, off again affair. I reckon she's going to get bored of her husband every now and then. Know that he's around. He'll come running and a hollering, ready to jump on her. And that's it. I reckon maybe not in five years, but definitely 15 times in those five years. What about in 2049? Well, he'll probably be a replicant in that Blade Runner movie. So it's... (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what's that? I wish that that movie had step forward in time a bit bit more than five years i wish we'd seen a bit more of their life yeah when he's running blades yeah Yeah. (laughs) mickey mouse club (laughs) sebs is no mickey mouse club (laughs) no the adventures of shirley holmes goosebumps goosebumps kung fu the legend gives you goosebumps yeah are you afraid of the dark young hercules hercules the legend of journey nothing too good for a cowboy oh mrs gosling yeah (laughs) (laughs) cool so that's our questions done uh any final thoughts guys anything you'd like to add that we haven't discussed i would just like to say just super super quick there was one part of this movie that i actually really loved and i thought this is it this is when it gets good is that the credits (laughs) (laughs) not quite rewind a bit rewind back to the 80s there's this really cool party scene and ryan gosling's character is a guitarist is that is that what you call them so good and um mia's character requests him to sing iran and that part is when when I just felt so happy. I remember sitting in the theatre watching this, and then so it was like a little up, and then it just yeah, kind of crashed back down. Uh, that part was one of the parts I thought, shit, this has got gotten. This is probably going to turn into something amazing. I can't wait. Here we go. So my final thought is. Look, this movie is for a very specific type of movie watcher. It really wasn't for me. I was pleasantly surprised when I saw that this wasn't available to watch in the airplane when I was coming home and I was going to rewatch it for this. I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to sit through the whole thing. I can just fast forward through it at home. My phone afford, and I'll admit this about myself, is that I went into this with too high expectations. Cool. So anyway, guys, thanks for listening. We are going to do Office Space next. And after that, Spiderman. Spiderman's coming up. Little Spiderman. That has got to be the most longly anticipated. Is that even a word? Yeah. (laughs) We've been anticipating this movie for such a long time, longer than any other movie. I'd almost guarantee that we're probably not even going to end up doing it. I just want to say thank you guys for inviting me back. I oh, love being welcome. a guest star on this podcast. I think the reason I was invited to this one was because I am a huge Ryan Gosling fan. But thank you again anyway. As always, I've had so much fun and talking about film is what I love. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you are a star. Anyway, that is thanks for me. Thank you and good night. Bye.
That's getting cut. We're not having butt jokes or swear words on this podcast. Oh, baby. <laughs> like, that's the problem of Emma Gosling. Oh my god, I'm talking about. Oh, Ryan. Oh, Ryan, you're so dreamy, you little goose. <laughs> or straight up the ass and out the mouth. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank you, dear listeners, for listening to us. That's thanks from me and thanks from the others. Good night.